we made this. show that takes a closer look at new television, examining the good, the bad and the ugly of the small screen. I'm your host, Dan Owen, and in this episode we're going to be talking about the South Korean survival drama Squid Game, available to watch right now on Netflix. And joining me to discuss what's become Netflix's most successful series ever, according to them, is journalist Dee Malumbi from entertainment.ie. How are you doing, Dee? I'm doing very well. How's yourself, Dan? I'm good, yeah, yeah, a bit of a sore throat, uh, but uh, hopefully we'll get through the podcast. Um, it's a nice, windy Halloween night doing this, so perfect material to talk about. <laughs> I would definitely rather be recording a podcast than watching horror movies, I'll tell you that much, or I trick-or-treating. This is like ideal setup for me. <laughs> I've got a tin of sweets ready for any kids that come by, but uh, they haven't rung the doorbell yet, so um, I think I've escaped it for this year again. Ooh, very nice. <laughs> Yeah, so we're talking about Squid Game. Um, so it's a very popular TV show um, on Netflix. Apparently, um, in the first month of release, it's now had 142 million views. Like it's the number one show they've ever ever had on their platform, which is quite an astonishing thing. Because I don't remember them advertising this. It just kind of arrived. I don't know if I was out of the loop or anything, but I first heard about it only only about two weeks ago. People at work were talking about Squid Game. And it just had it had that kind of um, catchy kind of concept. So as soon as they kind of mention what it's about, you think, oh, that sounds interesting. Um, it's, it's like um, children's games with a lethal element added. So I, I was like, oh, that sounds like something that might be up my street. So uh, I watched the first episode and, and like a lot of people, quickly had kind of binged it in about 10 days, I think it took me. Um, is that similar to you or did you watch it when it came out on the 17th of September? Uh, no, I didn't watch it at the very start. And it's funny you should say that because I think that word of mouth has has been a f- huge fa- factor in how Squid Game has become so popular and everything. Um, I was really looking forward to it going into it. The first time I'd heard of it, interestingly, was I remember my younger sister and my dad were watching it and really enjoying it. And we were kind of having a conversation about like, you know, uh, foreign language shows and movie offerings on Netflix. And my sister mentioned this um, show Squid Game. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Didn't hear about it again for a while. And then... 
about a month after its release. So I feel like that might have been kind of two, three weeks ago because it was out September 17th was the day it premiered. Um, I was approached to talk about the show actually on um, uh, RT2FM here in Ireland uh, with Dave Fanning and to kind of talk about it in relation to other contemporary dystopian TV dramas, you know, the likes of uh, The Walking Dead, Why the Last Man, The Handmaid's Tale. Like it's just been really interesting how there's been this kind of trend of dystopian dramas coming out, especially during the pandemic when it's funny that such a nihilistic and pessimistic genre has proven so popular in a time that you would think that people would want something a bit more lighthearted and escapist and far, far from our terrible reality that we're living through. So I watched a couple of episodes ahead of uh, kind of talking about it on radio and I was just hooked. So even like after I did that segment, I went right back to it. I binged through the whole the rest of the series that weekend and um yeah I I really was quite um quite taken by it and I was kind of really excited to talk to other people who had seen it and what they kind of thought of it right away and it was kind of interesting because I had a couple of friends who watched it loved it found it really interesting and then I had a couple of friends who kind of got a couple of episodes into it and then just couldn't really handle it anymore they just found it too violent too dark so I can imagine why people would have that kind of response to it as well definitely the kind of show which causes that split because I've mentioned it to a few people and they just immediately you know it's not for them you know they just hear what it's about and they think oh is it really violent and, and it's like well yeah it is and and they're like okay it's not for me <laughs> and uh yeah but if, I think if you're on its wavelength or you've seen similar things um I think uh, that there's a recent uh, film series that's just begun, isn't there, called uh, Escape Room? I don't know if you've heard about that. Similar kind of idea, basically the the, the escape room uh, thing that's happened in, in real life, but taken to a, a lethal ex- extreme again. So that's kind of similar, on similar lines. It also reminded me of uh, Battle Royale a little bit from 2000. Uh, not, too, I'm not too sure why, just, just, the, just the idea that it was... Uh, like a crazy concept, I suppose, with lots of murder involved in the big groups of people. Yeah, it's funny. I think that Huang Dong Hyuk, and apologies for uh, <laughs> if my terrible pronunciation, if it's terrible, but I think he actually talked about Battle Royale as a point of inspiration for the series, which is definitely evident. And he's talked a little bit about Hunger Games as well, which a lot of people just say is basically a Western knockoff of <laughs> Battle Royale, which is kind of interesting. Um, it's funny, like my kind of go to re- like, I wouldn't say reference, but it was just the kind of what I felt I was kind of comparing it to watching was and maybe it was just purely because it is so dystopian and dark was there's this Spanish language film on Netflix called The Platform, which also kind of deals with similar themes of the haves and haves not and um, kind of um, inequality and stuff like that. And the idea of that movie which is also quite dark quite violent is that there are all these um inmates in a prison and the prison consists of like um multiple layers and on any given month you could end up on any one of the sorry not layers um different floors and on any given month you could end up on whatever floor and basically every day there's this platform that comes down and visits every layer that's covered in food so basically some inmates will end up at the top and they'll be eating as much as possible. And by the time this um, platform with food comes down to the bottom, there's hardly anything left for the people at the very, very bottom. So it's interesting with regards to, you know, um, how people kind of can be quite like self-serving and stuff like that. And 
just yeah it was it was very dark but I just thought it was kind of an interesting one just thematically as a point of comparison but I don't think they really have much in common aside from that but um, if you're looking for another dark mm. dystopian thing that'll <laughs> give you you know a lot of despair for the world we're living in I'd recommend that one. Um, so interestingly this did start off as a potential film as well so back in 2009 uh, I think the original concept was to be a feature film and uh, um they couldn't quite get that uh, financed, so it kind of just uh, lingered around in uh, in the creator's head for a number of years until Netflix came calling and they wanted to kind of expand their international programming and uh, they gave him uh, $21 million to, to make this. Um, and uh, now it's uh, a good investment, really, because it's, <laughs> it's really, really popular. But I do, um, to be honest, sense um, the facts. I think the story has been stretched. It sounds like we both enjoyed it, but I actually do have quite a few... Um, issues with it uh, i think you can kind of tell that it's uh maybe stretched beyond beyond its means a little bit at nine episodes i think it would have made a better five or six episode series in my opinion did, did you feel that there was aspects of it that kind of you know you could you could sense that there was things were being stretched out or there was subplots added just to kind of fill some time yeah i mean we'll we'll get um I suppose we'll get like more into it, like when we have like the spoiler section of the podcast. But I, I would definitely agree with you in that. Um, loved all the characters. I can't really imagine cutting any of the characters because I actually think that was a huge part of what made the series work very well and that they all fulfilled um, their role really, really well. And the casting is just incredible. But certainly I would agree with you that there were certain subplots there that I felt um were just a little weak and unnecessary and um, there are one or two or two in particular that I felt really didn't add anything more to it like thematically or in terms of the emotional resonance or anything like that that could have just been cut away with but I'm not sure I feel like five or six episodes might have been like maybe a bit too tight for it because I do think that there were a lot of certain emotional beats that it hit I'm thinking particularly I think it was actually episode six that was like oh my gosh the one that devastated <laughs> us all but uh but like but maybe but maybe one or two episodes too long I'd agree with that yeah just to kind of go over what the premise is so we kind of follow uh, a divorced chauffeur in South Korea called uh Seong Gi-hun I think his name is um so apologies for all the pronunciations for all these names <laughs> during this podcast episode uh, I don't speak Korean. I don't believe you do. <laughs> so I'm going to do my best. Um, but he's played by Lee Jung-jai. Um, so he's a gambling addict uh, whose young daughter is moving to LA with his ex-wife and her new lover. Uh, he kind of lives in a impoverished part of town with his elderly mother. Uh, and he has all these gambling debts and things. And essentially he gets kind of uh, uh, persuaded to join uh, Squid Game, which is uh, like a big money game. Uh, it's a bit of a mysterious thing. Uh, and he's gassed and shipped off to a secret island. And he wakes up and he's the last player um, to arrive. And he's player 456. So there's 456 other people that are all kind of in a similar situation to him. They're all uh, very, very uh, much in debt. Uh, and they're all competing in this game. And basically the game and the hook of the series is that they have to play six children's games that, like I said at the start, are kind of given life or death stakes. And, and the first example is probably, I think the first game is really the classic game, <laughs> really. It's the one that I think uh, around the world everyone recognises. Um, but uh, there's red light, green light. Although I know this game as, uh, what's the time, Mr. Wolf? Is that what it's known as in Ireland? Um, yeah, I think that that was kind of, I feel like, what time is it, Mr. Wolf? Isn't that kind of variation 
it's a slight variation on it, right? Because you take steps and then the wolf actually chases you at the end. I feel like that was probably a more popular version of it. I feel like that was probably when we played more in the, uh, yeah, in the schoolyard or whatever, as opposed to red light, green light. Because you'd always have people arguing back in red light, green light. No, I didn't move, you know. <laughs> that's what it reminded me of. That's, that's the only version I think I've played. So it basically has to do uh, compete in this, in this uh, deadly game. So, um, yeah, so it's it's uh, an interesting premise. You know, as soon as you kind of watch the first episode, I think most people would be at least uh, interested enough to watch the second episode. Um, it's kind of just uh, one of those kind of shows, isn't it? That It's such a high concept and a sort of twisted idea that you're kind of uh, very much um, interested in seeing more. So um, it, it kind of... Um, Within two or three episodes, it kind of develops into more of a prison drama, in my opinion. It's, it's more, it goes down that line, doesn't it? It's, it's not so, because I, I initially thought it would just be quite a simple, kind of bloodthirsty, strange, <laughs> bonkers uh, South Korean TV show where you just play these six games and there'll be a six episodes long, maybe, and, and that's the end of it. But it actually, there's a bit more depth there because it becomes more of a, a prison kind of uh, storyline, really, because uh, all these people have to live together in this huge room uh, in their kind of metal bunk beds. Mm. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of kind of of prison escape tropes that are are used along the way. But I think the first three episodes do a really solid job of kind of hooking you with the high concept and then kind of like assuring you there's more to it and it's got a bit more depth and there's more going on. And there's a few nice twists as well, isn't there, early on? How did you feel with the first kind of few episodes? It sounds like you were hooks like everyone else, really. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought that it was really interesting in terms of um, I'm always going to go back to the characters because that's just like like that's just such a big takeaway of the show for me. But uh, it there was kind of an interesting move with regards to episode two. And I don't think this is giving too much away, but there's almost a step taken back, which I wasn't quite expecting. But they actually utilize that to let us get to know uh, certain characters just that bit more. And I thought that it was interesting how they selected to show certain backgrounds of certain characters and then kind of left it until later on in the games themselves to reveal a bit more about other characters. So I thought that there were some really interesting writing choices there that I thought worked for the most part and that it kind of always... It always keeps you on your toes. Like I, I compare that to something like, um, you know, a movie like Suicide Squad, which I just think is one of the worst examples for like character writing and exposition ever. Just like just not well done at all. And the editing is actually quite poor in that regard and everything, whereas I thought that this was edited very well. So, yeah, for me, what had me hooked was who are these people? What are the stakes? What's going to happen to them? Um, how how good is everyone really? So those were the kind of things that I was uh, I was really interested to see more of. Um, and then I remember obviously with that with the end of that episode one, we find out very quickly how deadly these games really are. But I don't think I was too shocked by that because uh, I did not think they were they were just going to be playing children's games very simply and that there wasn't going to be a bit of blood and violence so I don't think that's giving anything yeah. away <laughs> um so we may as well get into spoilers because I think um it's just one of those shows isn't it where you if you tiptoe around too many things it's difficult to talk about mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll we'll go into spoilers so if you if you haven't seen Squid Game we I think we both recommend it and uh, if you have seen it we'll now get into the nitty-gritty of the whole thing so uh yeah like you said there there was a very clever narrative device isn't there where um 
in the first episode, I think it is, or second episode, uh, they, they're given like the choice of going home, essentially, and, and sort of yeah. ending the game. If they do a majority vote uh, to all agree to leave, they can all go home. I thought it was really clever. That was like one of the first things, really, in the, in the series where I thought, oh, actually, there's more to this. It's got a bit more intelligence than I gave it credit for at the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they all go home and it kind of, like I say, kind of restarts and you get another chance to kind of learn more about the characters, really, before they all kind of willingly go back into the squid game. So I thought it was really clever how they, how they kind of did that. Yeah, because I was a bit worried that um, we're only really going to follow one character in, in the first episode, the, the, the lead character, 456. Mm-hmm. I thought it, that we're just going to follow him, really, and not know so much about the others. But uh, they did a clever clever job of um, yeah um, going back and kind of filling in uh, some of the blanks with, with those characters. But you kind of follow probably a handful of people, don't you, ultimately? There's, there's hundreds of people in, in the game, but... Uh, there's probably only, is it five characters, five main characters? And there's probably three that I'd call the, the leads, maybe maybe four. So you have um, four, five, six, as, as we mentioned, the um, gambling addict, chauffeur. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also uh, his kind of childhood friend. Sang, I have down Sang Woo. Cho, Cho Sang Woo, um, played by Park Hai Su. Um, so we'll, we'll call him 218. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they added these names, I'm convinced, <laughs> for the international audiences. Um, so he's like, a, yeah, like a, a childhood friend of the lead character. So a bit of, bit of a um, coincidence they're both in this game, I suppose. But um, but that's uh, an interesting wrinkle. Um, so he's there and he's quite an intelligent man and he's obviously fallen on hard times. Uh, so he's there. You've also got one of my favourite characters was the, the old man, mm-hmm. uh, player 001 or player one. Um, so he's played by Oh Young Soo um, and he's really good. Um and his real name uh, is O O Il Nam, uh, so player one. We'll call him. <laughs> I might call him the old man interchangeably. <laughs> the old man, yeah, we'll call him the old man, yeah. So he's he's probably my favourite character, to be honest. <laughs> I really enjoyed him. I, I think he really endeared me uh, to, uh, to to him in the first episode when they played the initial game, and he's got a big smile on his face, <laughs> like he's really enjoying it everyone else is scared because they're all going to get shot uh, if they uh, make a move and get spotted by the big robot <laughs> at the other end of the arena and he's like really happy to be there and just to be doing something it seems so i kind of really enjoyed his character from the start so he's really uh, entertaining one um but there's, there's quite a few um interesting people there they're probably the main ones but uh, you have a gangster character as well um who's like the big villain i suppose in the game but is he <laughs> Um, so you've also got um, a Pakistani uh, migrant worker uh, called Abdul Ali, uh, played by Anupam Tripathi. That's an interesting one as well. Uh, nice, nice character. He's, he's kind of like a um, bit of a puppy dog. Oh, he's such a puppy dog. The puppy dog that gets kicked. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like uh, got a bit of a, an obsession with um, uh, 218, mm-hmm. who's the kind of... Um, the, the how, how should we describe him? What's an easy shorthand for him? The kind of local genius i suppose he's quite an intelligent guy isn't he yeah and he's kind of obsessed with him and he when he, and he, he sort of um, always calls him sir that's uh, quite funny and there's two um women in here as well um there's one who's uh, a north korean person isn't it um and is it her friend i'm kind of forgetting now what the relationship is there um kang sai byuk zero six seven uh played by young ho yon so yes, yeah, so that's, that's an interesting one, but that's probably an example of the uh, cultural kind of uh, difficulties uh, at times, I think, with, with this show, because um, it wasn't that obvious to me that she was from North Korea until they kind of really got into that a bit more. But apparently, if you are from that country, you can tell by her accent at times. 
Okay, and there's yeah. a different kind of layer happening there. But um, but yeah. And uh, one of my, actually another another um, interesting uh, character was the kind of really kind of loud woman who's uh, she's kind of like a bit manipulative kind of lady, isn't she? Um, Hang Minyo, uh, player two. Yeah, I saw you. I saw a YouTube video that described her as having Nick Cage energy, and I thought that that was so accurate. <laughs> she's really giving it her all, isn't she? Yeah. She's uh, really going for it. Um, and she's, um, yeah, sort of desperate to kind of win this game. She quickly kind of allies herself with the uh, the gangster character. Yeah, so she's an interesting kind of um, character as well. She's kind of always floating around, isn't she? No one's quite quite sure how to take her. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's quite an interesting mix of people. And like I say, it did remind me of a of a of a prison drama. It was very much along those lines, wasn't it? You even had um, like a little kind of uh, escape moment in, in the toilets when she um, one of them went up into the uh, air vent. There's lots of stuff like that going on, which uh, I thought was interesting because I like a good prison drama. And uh, and uh, yeah, so that was, that was good. Um, there's also um, an interesting subplot with a Korean policeman who's kind of sneaked into the squid game and he um kind of uh, pretends to be one of the guards essentially uh and he's kind of there isn't he behind the scenes trying to find his brother who's gone missing and, and is believed to have entered the game so there's always kind of like different elements and, and early on in the first three episodes i think it does a good job of laying all that out and really kind of getting your, your interest so what do you what do you feel about those uh those characters yeah, I just thought that I thought they were brilliantly written and everything. They really were for me the kind of hook of the show and the emotional crux and seeing how they, you know, related to one another and gradually opened up to one another. I thought that it was a really interesting kind of mix of characters as well, especially with regards to their moral ambiguity and how to what degree can you villainize them and I think that's also kind of really largely related to you know some of the overarching themes of this series which is about the rich poor divide and um, you know inequality and stuff like that Um, because like I think that like Gi Hun or 456 he's really interesting in this regards because he's our hero you know he's our way into the story he's the character that we start with and we end with and um in many ways he's quite sympathetic he's trying to do the right thing but in other ways he's not so much you know he is the worst father in the world he gives his daughter this like <laughs> like lighter in the shape of a gun thinking that it's initially a gun yeah. <laughs> which is like just insane he's quite He's quite sneaky and manipulative and that kind of strikes you, you know, from the very start when you see him gambling and like taking the money for his like daughter's present and everything like that um, to throughout the game and later in the game, especially when he kind of is tricking the old man during marbles. It's very hard to feel, you know, sympathy mm-hmm. from that regard. But then at the same time, you're also like, oh, well, this is the nature of the game. It's it's him. It's him or this old guy. Um, and he's, you know, he's he's got really strong leadership qualities. You know, he does rally together the group. He does get them to trust in one another and open up for one another. And I do think that you feel bad for him at the end when after all that he went through, like really what he wanted was um, to get that operation for his mother and then for him to come back and she's mm. there on the ground. I thought that that was quite... Um, quite devastating 
Um, and I, I did like the final moments of that series. I know that there is, um, we're going to end up jumping all over the place just because of the nature of this. Well, <laughs> yeah, I suppose yeah. we'll talk more about the series ending later, but uh, talking a bit more about the other characters, uh, Sang Woo or 218, I thought that that was a nice twist that he kind of, he turns out to be one of the villains of the story. And in a way, um, and I've seen countdowns of like least sympathetic characters in Squid Game and actually he's the guy that always comes out on top which I think is quite interesting because I mean it is sad you know mm. how he fell so far um, having gone to new university gotten the great job and that you know now he's stolen from clients and racked up these big debts from bad investments I think that that's a very you know relatable storyline kind of post the you know 2008 financial crisis and stuff like that and people still kind of some people even still calling their way back from that so I thought that that was kind of a really you know interesting storyline and like you said the fact that there is that in and that like he is good friends with the hero and it's kind of funny that you have um, Abdul Ali kind of mm. so uh, heroicizing him and then there's that horrible horrible betrayal so some interesting stuff with that character as well um, and then the old man or number one, uh, he's there's a I loved that relationship between him and Gi Hun. And obviously, you know, when you get like your final reveal, that's even more kind of poignant. Um, and I, it was really interesting that he turned out to be, you know, um, the bad guy. I did not see that coming, although I watched a YouTube video subsequently that kind of pointed out actually there are quite a few hints and I'm like, oh, I hate when I don't pick up these things and then I'm kicking myself. Like it was so <laughs> obvious. Um, love the main, ma love the main girl as well. Actually, that actress was originally a model and this was her TV acting debut and I thought she was just spectacular. Oh. Apparently her co-star, so the other young girl apparently helped her out a lot. Um, and then there's that marble scene, which we'll have to talk about because it just kills me. Um, Abdul Ali, brilliant character as well. He's just all around nice. Like you said, the puppy dog ended up being kicked. <laughs> so just sad. And even the gangster and the crazy lady, even though they're, they are kind of meant to be the villains. Like you do kind of end up sympathizing with her because he totally screws her over. And then I just like the finale of that kind of, that particular storyline I just thought was kind of brilliantly done. So mm. that's just a few of my kind of overarching thoughts in terms of the main characters um, and just that I was really, really impressed with the writing of all of them. I think um, the first six episodes and uh, are probably the best of the series. And it, and like well, like we mentioned, uh, it, it kind of ends uh, a certain chapter, if you like, of, of the show. Uh, episode six is where a lot of people die, <laughs> you know, so yeah. a lot of your favorites uh, are, are gone. And as we kind of narrow the, the field for the last uh, couple of episodes or so. So for me, that was the highlight was uh, episode six. Uh, that's probably the emotional peak of the whole thing. I don't think it quite uh, ever recovered fully from that. Uh, you know, I wasn't disappointed by the ending. I've, I've definitely heard heard it said that it ends poorly. I was actually ready for that because people I know had said that the ending is not very good. And so I was kind of braced for that. And uh, I, I, I thought the ending, ending was fine. I know some people had a bit of a problem with the, the twist with the old man being the uh, the ringmaster of the whole thing. Uh, but I thought, I thought it, it was OK. So I didn't see that coming. <laughs> that's, the, that's the main thing. Did you feel, though, in retrospect that it was kind of almost obvious who would win the, the, the series. Um, did you feel that? Because at the end, I did think, well, really, yeah, who else could have won it? Because we've literally been following Gi Hun from the start. It would be crazy if he didn't win, <laughs> you know? So I, I did think maybe there's a slight flaw in the, in the, in the program in that sense. Um, 
that who else could possibly have won this um, to have been a satisfying end. Did you did you feel that? I mean, it's funny. And maybe this is just also me kind of coming at it as a female viewer. But I really wanted the main girl to win. I just I thought that she was the most um, I just thought that she was the most sympathetic character. And I also just thought she was really, really cool. Um, But, you know, with regards to that storyline with her brother and everything and just trying to get her parents out and just trying to bring the family back together like my heart absolutely poured out for her and everything you know um and the the mar I think the for me anyway the biggest like blow with the marbles episode was what happened with her and that um girl that she just made friends with um and the way the girl kind of sacrificed Mm. herself because she knew what the stakes were like for her so that did devastate me and I thought like you know maybe I know what you mean about Gihun being the main star and everything but a little part of me was like maybe they'll kind of change it and it'll be her um I wasn't too surprised when ultimately it was her Sangwoo and Gihun at the end um that just made the most sense in terms of where um a lot of the characters that were kind of knocked out at that point like there were going to be certain ones lost in that um glass round that their storylines were kind of finished so that made sense so I wasn't surprised by that but I would have liked to see her win and I'm glad that Gihan did do the right thing in taking care of her brother I thought that that was really yeah. quite sweet um took him a bit of it took him a bit of time but he, he came around to doing the right thing in a while in the end yeah it would have been really interesting actually if, if his his character had have died maybe in the, in the second to last episode I was kind of thinking maybe they'll do that maybe they'll kill off the main character you know like on the penultimate episode but they ultimately didn't I I, I really did enjoy the, the, sh- the show but at the end I did look back on it and think uh, there was definitely like issues or things you know I would have done different or maybe Maybe even the creator would have, like, in retrospect, would have changed a, f- a few things. There are definitely a few subplots I didn't, I, th- I thought, didn't need to be there or didn't quite understand why they were there. In, in a sense, I, the whole thing with the um, harvesting the the organs of the dead participants, I just didn't really think that needed to be there. I didn't kind of really understand how that was happening as well. How they were getting the bodies off the island, and so does that mean? Chinese know about this island and they know what's going on is that I don't know it kind of sort of meant more questions that were happening in my head and uh, I don't know to me that that just didn't work so well it just seemed to be a way to have the doctor character um, kind of leave the arena and, and go behind the scenes and just to kind of add a bit of story there there's, there's just things like this going on where it didn't 100% work for me and uh, it, did you feel the same was there was there subplots like that one that you just didn't quite connect to or see the point in that's so funny you picked that uh, plot line in particular because I'd 100% agree of all the kind of um, where I see you know this show didn't do as well was yeah that whole storyline with the doctor and harvesting of the organs I almost feel like him as a character and that whole subplot could have been gotten rid of altogether I didn't find it particularly interesting like you said there it didn't really make much sense and it felt like a lot of build-up for something that I feel like their ultimate lesson was even the guards are are subject to uh you know punishment if they don't play fair and I just thought that was a lot of nothing for a very short lesson. Um, I just felt like if that was kind of their ultimate goal to translate that, that it could have been done far more effectively. I do think that one of the subplots that did work was 
the police officer and the front man. I did like that whole idea and the and I did like that ultimate reveal that they were the two brothers. Although I, I could kind of cough by <laughs> by by the time the front man showed that he was his brother that it was him because they were just like kind of overdoing it and even the number of times they would edit so that it's police officer front man like cat and mouse chase like it was getting a bit like kind of obvious there but I still thought it was a really interesting and I thought that the his actual investigation and the way that he like sneaks in there and he takes on the various gu- um, guard masks and then eventually through the police officer character we actually get a look inside those VIP foreign investors I thought that that was really mm-hmm. effectively done and actually, I know that um, Huang, the creator, has talked about um, if there is a second season, he'd maybe want to explore a bit of what happened there between those brothers. Because I do think that the viewer, mm. there are probably some kind of gaps there with exactly what happened. Um, and also, how do people become guards? That wasn't really quite answered either. So it'll be it, that could be space for a season two. Um We'll probably talk about it a bit more later, but I, I, I wouldn't want a season two, and I have reasons for that. I mean, the the brother thing was definitely one of the best uh, subplots. There was a more of a point to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did think that the reveal that his brother was the front man was a bit kind of not not a letdown, but it was just it just seemed to be well, who else could it possibly have been? It's like Scooby Doo, you know, who's behind the mask? It was that guy all along. <laughs> I also was a bit confused that when his brother um, shot him and he fell off the cliff. Um, I thought, well, he's not dead because it just seemed to be a bit of an abrupt ending for him and he wasn't shot in the head or anything. So I thought, well, he must have survived because you only ever shoot people in the shoulder if you can get away with it and, and, and say that the bullet went straight through. So I fully expected him to come back and he, and he didn't do. So I was kind of surprised by that. I was, uh, oh, okay, that was just the end of that storyline then. And so I was uh, slightly disappointed with that because I think that was going somewhere quite interesting and then it just kind of killed him off and, you know, towards the end. It was a bit, you know, for me, it was a bit of a letdown. I thought there'd be more to that. But yes, that that was uh, definitely a good subplot. Um, There was um, other aspects of the show that I wasn't uh, so keen on. Um, I don't know, sometimes um, it's wrong to kind of like pick fault at a a show in the sense that, oh, I'd have done it this way because I'm not in charge of the program. (laughs) But but sometimes I did think, well, would it have been an idea maybe to have... um, spent an episode almost like um like how lost did it do you remember if you watched lost but they had like an episode focused on each character and and it would have been maybe interesting to to have done that i quite liked how the show started um sort of focusing entirely on on uh, gihun and then and then it kind of found a way with that that clever twist that they all got sent back home to kind of focus on a few other characters but um, after a while, you weren't really focusing so much on characters anymore. It, it didn't get more into this, the games. I just wondered that maybe they should have just done maybe like flashbacks or something. So like midway through, we could kind of get to know other characters a bit better. Because I think um, after a certain point, you, you weren't really discovering too much more about people. Um, but maybe that would have been a, a, a way to do it, you know, to, to kind of um, provide that backstory in a, in a bit more of an efficient way maybe because uh, it, it came down to a lot of conversations in the end and I, I'd have liked to have actually seen these people's lives a bit more you got a little bit with the gangster early on um, but other characters there like the um, the Pakistani migrant I, I, th- I think maybe we should have had a bit more about his background and the um, the North Korean defector as well do you agree with that or were you happy with how it was told um no I think I think I'd kind of slightly disagree I quite liked the way it was told I think that maybe like 
in a way we're kind of almost too used to that whole structure of like needing to know everything about the character and I think that flashbacks as a plot device can be over utilized like I'm watching this um I'm watching this series at the moment. I know what you did last summer on Amazon Prime and they're just overusing this whole flashback thing. Like they keep flashing backwards to, you know, that night last summer and literally like it's it's gotten to the point where it's actually not adding anything else, even though like we're getting slightly more lines of dialogue. They're not actually ultimately adding anything in terms of the characters or what happened. It's like it's kind of like sometimes it's good to tell less, you know. Um, so I quite liked the way they did it with regards to the characters and who we saw back home and the lack of flashbacks and then what we learned about people through conversations, because I think it just revealed different aspects to these characters in just more kind of interesting ways than maybe what we are kind of, you know, what we would kind of conventionally expect, I suppose. Um, so I... I, I quite liked it. I thought that it was, you know, well written and well done in that respect. And I don't, I ultimately, I don't really feel dissatisfied with regards to the writing and how much we learned about each character. Because I think that it fit the purpose of the story in that, well, everyone died ultimately anyway, except for Gion. So it was really about bringing across a certain message. And I think that each character fulfilled their function in that respect if that makes sense i'm not saying uh my idea is any better than what we had really i just thought it's, uh, there's no like an alternative way of doing it i think it mainly stemmed from how I, I i so loved episode six um and it mainly worked because you kind of know you really knew the characters who died in that episode and so you really felt pain and sad that they had died and i just thought oh i'd really loved it if they'd have uh, had a few more episodes like that in the series where other characters had died and you 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 were just as invested in those other characters but they didn't really have like the time to fill in the blanks for a lot of other characters a lot of them were just cannon fodder essentially to to die in, in certain episodes so I, i'm just thinking about maybe for season two if they if they do a similar kind of thing again they could maybe just extend the episodes and kind of find ways to kind of just flesh out some of the people a bit a bit more maybe um that's where it really came from that thought after episode six then um like i mentioned i don't, I don't think it's quite as good the last uh is it three episodes after that there's nine episodes in total isn't it yeah and there's one particularly short episode as well i think isn't one like a full 15 minutes shorter or something which i thought was kind of funny yeah yeah that's kind of unusual i actually thought there's 10 episodes so i was kind of taken aback when the ninth one was the last episode because <laughs> <laughs> i thought why is there nine i thought it was 10 so when it ended i was like a bit kind of oh that's 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 the end one thing that um just going more to the games now um I think I think the games were very interesting. Um, although, you know, again, it's like a cultural thing. But uh, some of the games were games I'd never heard heard of. You know, um, like the Honeycomb one mm-hmm. uh, was really interesting. I'd never heard of that game even. But I quite liked that. It was obviously South Korean childhood games. Uh, it wasn't always going to be things you'd you'd heard about. Uh, Marvel's obviously is quite an international one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the Honeycomb one was uh, interesting. I thought the Glass Bridge one was just totally left of field. I just didn't really understand how that was even a children's game. I also thought that was a bit of a stretch because I know that how they kind of visualized it um, in terms of when, you know, the VIP investors, when they were watching it, they almost laid out, remember that structure to almost look like a chessboard or something with the little pieces and knocking it off and stuff. But I, I would agree with you in that that was left of field in that like, 
I, I couldn't figure out, is this referencing a game? How is it a game? Is it, I was also confused by that. <laughs> like, I almost feel like there should have been like maybe some kind of snakes and ladders or something like that. Maybe that would have worked for dropping people off <laughs> and or lifting them up. Yeah. I thought it was like a version of hopscotch or something at one point, but then it wasn't really, was it? Um, so yeah, I didn't quite get that one. It almost seemed like um, they'd run out of childhood games to play really. Because every game, if you think about it, a childhood game, they're all very similar, really, um, when you when you really think about it. So maybe they had a problem with the, the concept in that most games, are, you know, it's always uh, chasing people as, you know, hide and seek or something. They're, they're kind of similar, a lot of childhood games. Maybe they just had to think of something that could get rid of a lot of people in a kind of visually interesting way. And they just kind of decided, well, just go with this bridge idea <laughs> different types of glass and and they just just go with it um and like the squid game as well that obviously the show's called squid game but that game came in at the very end and again i've never heard about this game i, I, I take it it's a, it's a real game but again it slightly disappointed me because they didn't really play the game they just had a knife fight yeah. as far as i could tell were you thinking the same as me that um well if you can just ignore the game and have a knife fight that means that in all the previous games why was anyone playing the game <laughs> just just um try and strangle each other and just have a fight, have a big fight. And um, So I think I think that was a bit of a mistake because I think in, in retrospect, I thought, well, that kind of ruined the concept a little bit. I think the guards should have stepped in there and said, look, you can't just have a knife fight. You have to play this game. <laughs> you know, it seemed a bit strange to me, that decision. I agree, yeah. And also, um, but I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you know how the very opening scene is like a group of kids playing Squid Game. So my understanding was it was some kind of group games so then I found it really weird that it ended up being a one-on-one standoff and I know that they probably picked that game um, maybe because of its kind of particular cultural resonance or because like it just makes for like a really good title which it does Uh, but I thought it was a really weird one to pick as the last one when visually it actually wasn't that interesting and like you said that then what happens is they go Mm. for the knife fight um it was yeah I have to say that was one of the more that was kind of a disappointing element of the show for me as well that kind of standoff it Mm. was um after everything that had preceded it it was just uh it just wasn't as um kind of interesting I don't know. It didn't hit me as hard as moments that had kind of come before. I mean, even just in the previous episode, my favorite character had died. So she'd just been stabbed. And I mean, it just ended up kind of, yeah, kind of fizzled out. I liked what followed it. I think that what followed that squid game with regards to what happens to Guillaume kind of helped it a bit. But certainly in terms of the squid game, you know, those six games elements I thought that that was certainly a bit uh disappointing and yeah I'd 100% agree with you in the glass bridge being very very strange and I was also absolutely oh I was so mad when that glass worker was doing so well and they forced him in the dark that made me so mad I was like I hate you guys more than ever that's mean you're cheating not not fair I think actually I've forgotten about the tug of war. That was probably the one of the highlights as well. Actually, the tug of war was uh, really interesting. Absolutely. Best cliffhanger of the series as well. Like you had to watch the next episode. <laughs> yeah, that was really cleverly done how they did that. It kind of bridged episode four and five, didn't it? And I think that was really good as well, because if I ever play tug of war, I will literally go with those rules. I think everyone who's seen this show will now. So how well will it work ultimately? <laughs> have to lean back as far as you can and alternate where you stand either side of the rope and there's all these kind of ways that you can beat a a, a stronger team that's quite clever um so i really i did enjoy that one um just going back to the um 
the kind of uh, flaws, if you like, of the, of the show. I don't know if you felt felt the same, but uh, I, I really didn't like it when they got to that episode where they essentially just said, well, you know, if you want to kill each other in your sleep, that's fine by us. I thought that was really another kind of strange creative decision because in the first few episodes they'd really set up this idea that the the game's got these rules and you have to abide by the rules and we're not going to suffer any fools or you know you, you know we're going to you have to stick with the rules and we've all got machine guns and if you step out of line we're going to you're going to going to shoot you and and all this and then but then this episode three or four they just kind of said well yeah but if 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 you want to stab each other in the middle of the night just go ahead and i, I didn't quite understand that again it seemed to be just a way to kind of throw something else into the story because they just couldn't you know they had to kind of embellish things and you know had nine episodes to fill so they just had to kind of have that as as an element and I, I didn't quite I didn't like that I don't know do you agree with that yeah I I I do um I definitely agree with you to an extent I mean I think that like yeah definitely there's hypocrisy going on right because they're insisting that there are these rules and that they're fair and everything and even like I said there was that whole like doctor you know and organs things set up where they're like oh yeah and the guards get treated the same as the players if they break the rules blah 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 but then exactly yeah you have things like that happening um and then i would have mentioned like you know the kind of uh the glass worker kind of example as well i mean i think that the whole idea and i actually think it is from you know specifically when the vip investors are introduced i think that they do kind of establish that, well, the rules can be broken and we can cheat a bit if it's for the sake of the entertainment of these guys, you know? Mm. So that would be my kind of defense of that, I would say. And I think that that was kind of established well. And I suppose that is the whole idea, like because they had to do everything to make sure that these investors, these very wealthy individuals were entertained and I mean, there's yeah. nothing more entertaining than breaking a few rules and breaking a few bones, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so I suppose that's the kind of idea that was happening there in relation to when those kind mm. of, you know, when those kind of storylines were like popping up or whatever. Let's just talk quickly about the uh, the VIPs. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of predicted that, you know, that that would be the case, that essentially this whole squid game is, you know, another kind of way for other gamblers to get their kicks and so there'd be like a reveal that the people behind the games were even richer people who were betting on you know who's going to be the winner of the, of the squid game i think that was kind of obvious um <laughs> to most people um and it and it did prove to be the case that there was basically a a, a group of uh white men there's no women interestingly it was all all white men uh who are probably you know billionaires trillionaires who, who are all uh watching the the squid game and uh how did you feel about those characters because uh to be honest i thought they were very 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 cliched and just uh how they were acted was peculiar i couldn't actually tell if they were dubbed or something but apparently they were genuinely american actors but i don't know what happened in in, in making the show because to me they i don't know if maybe the dialogue was a bit off and so being from the west as viewers we can kind of recognize that a bit more it just seemed to be a bit strange to me did you get a kind of feeling that there was something peculiar about the performances or the the vocals there it seemed very odd to me yeah I, I would agree with that I was kind of trying to figure out when I was watching it like if it's in my own head is it like because it's weird because I've just you know went from like kind of listening and being immersed in the Korean language and the subtitles and then going from English is that why there's kind of a bit of a jump there or is it like you said maybe they're just not 
great actors and maybe because they were cast by someone who's uh, probably Eng- like maybe non-English or whatever maybe they they maybe it wouldn't seem that mm. way to them perhaps that is it but I thought in terms of the actual um, characterization I mean the whole idea is they're meant to be types right and they're just like blurred out faces and in a way they're kind of similar to you know all of the players except that none of them are going to die and I thought that you know in terms of uh, visuals and I mean this is one of like as well as the characters one of my favorite things about the Squid Game series was the visuals you know the color the colors the costume designs they're so immediately iconic and that's really something that kind of the internet has seized Mm. and really like memefied and everything like that Um, but I thought that it was really interesting that they also brought that aspect into kind of the portrayal of those VIPs as well the whole idea that they wear those like animal masks that even like you know these rooms that they stay in have like these really kind of fascinating designs and kind of are tying in that animal theme and I suppose the whole idea that like you know who's the real animals it's definitely very on the nose and obvious but I mean at the same time there are a lot of aspects of these this show I think that are obvious but I don't think that will necessarily take away from it because sometimes you do have to be this obvious for people to kind of get get the themes and get the message so I didn't necessarily see it as a as a as a kind of uh weakness of it I thought that it was it was kind of well done and even you know with regards to their kind of being offered everything they want in terms of entertainment food drink and even you know sex they're just like Mm. oh yeah go ahead take that boy and you know do whatever to him which was so horrible and I was so glad to see him kind of get his vengeance on that uh but yeah just yeah I I thought that they were an interesting um part of the story and didn't overstay their welcome either which I um which I I was uh grateful for because I didn't want to stay with those characters for very long <laughs> so I thought there's maybe like an interesting view on what South Koreans think about America maybe mm-hmm. you know they obviously had, had, had cast Americans as the ultimate villains you know and uh maybe that says something about how they perceive the west in general uh i thought it was a slight mistake to have like a predatory gay character in there that's kind of such a cliche in my opinion quite quite that's you know, true I, I wasn't yeah so a little bit uh i don't know but i think that's maybe just a cultural thing maybe that you know if it was if this show is made in in america or or the uk or ireland even um i don't think that we would have done that i think we would have uh, approached the characters a bit differently but again, it's all very interesting sometimes watching uh, TV shows from overseas is that you can get a, a good insight into how that culture perceives um, yourself. So it, it was uh, interesting on, on that level. But uh, yeah, when, when they arrived, I just thought it was a little bit cringeworthy at times, some of the dialogue and just the voices. I, I, I'm still convinced they were dubbed or something because it just seemed very um, almost like a video game kind of performance. It was very, very strange. That's all the kind of negatives out of the way. Ultimately, I did uh, very much in- enjoy it. Um, like you say, it, it, what it's trying to get at with uh, greed and addiction and exploitation of people and the haves and the have-nots and all that kind of stuff, it's all it's not really giving you any new information, anything that you hadn't kind of already considered and stuff. I think it's just kind of repackaging those ideas into a, into a new thing, a new form. Um, and I think uh, it did a did an interesting job of that. We haven't really touched on the um, production so much, but yeah, I mean the the kind of uh, visuals were very interesting, very colourful. I was actually quite reminded of the um, I don't know if you've played it, but there's a video game called Fall Guy, Fall Guys. 
No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not great with the L video game industry, if I'm honest. <laughs> I'm not either, really. But it's, it's one that a lot of kids play. My nieces have played it, and it's very much the same kind of uh, color scheme as uh, Squid Games. I thought it was quite interesting. Maybe that was intentional. That was really good. I liked the music as well. Um, the music uh, was very uh, strange um, <laughs> in a in an interesting way. Yeah, I kind of wonder if that's also related to that video game kind of idea. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely it's like, like a kind of living video game, wasn't it, at mm-hmm. times? Um, especially with the guards having those kind of um, PlayStation, well, like PlayStation yeah. icons on, exactly. their, on their heads, you know. <laughs> so, so I'm surprised Sony didn't sort of sue them, really, because it was, it, I was definitely reminded of the PlayStation icons uh, with those masks. But yeah, so um, by the end, it does set up uh, a season two Um I don't know if there will be a season two in in the sense, you know, will they just kind of carry on this story or will it be a, a, a separate story with new characters who are also in the Squid Game? To me, it seemed very likely that we're going to be following, you know, four, five, six again as he tries to kind of um, get his vengeance or kind of undo the Squid Game in, in some way. But I just don't know how that would work. I don't know if you've got any insights from anything that you've read, but uh, I just don't know how you can do a season two where he's kind of on the offensive now because they know what he looks like so it's not like he can kind of sneak onto the island and disrupt things and become like the the, the uh, policeman character himself so i just don't know at all how they're going to approach it if they are going to be following that main character again unless he has extensive plastic surgery and looks completely different <laughs> and then goes in under a different name or something but uh yeah, i think don't quite uh don't quite understand where they're going to go with season two to me to me, to me it would make more sense to just do a, a fresh batch of people or even really to um, set it in a different country, I thought would be, be quite interesting. If they did like a Chinese squid game or a Japanese squid game or even a European one with, with different types of childhood game to reflect those cultures, I thought that would be a way to do another season. How do you feel about season two? What would you like to see? I, I, I don't want a season two. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about it. I just kind of... that's, that's another option. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I personally felt, um, and I know I actually have. I'll I'll share this with you because I read this quote from Wang, just um, the creator again, about um, the ending of season one. So season one ends with Gi Hun turning back and not getting on the plane to the states, and that was in fact my way of communicating the message that you should not be dragged along by the competitive flow of society, but that you should start thinking about who has created the whole system and whether there is some potential for you to turn back and face it. So it's not necessarily Gi Hun turning back to get revenge. It could actually be interpreted as him making a very on-the-spot eye contact with what is truly going on in the bigger picture. So there's kind of a bit more... um, ambiguity surrounding Gihon and what exactly he's going to do next and I kind of like the idea that that's left ambiguous that you know in your head he could turn back and he could bring the whole system down or go after this individual um, or that you know they in fact get him that the system is just overwhelming and that there's no way to kind of end it um, I kind of prefer that idea than Gihun going in and trying to like bring down the Squid Game because like you said where what exactly can he do is he just going to be making a bunch of like phone calls from the real world and trying to find out like who this guy is and meeting people and then intimidating people and then is he like going to change from the Gihun that we know and love if he finds your man who um, kind of recruited him in the first place is he going to go after him and then go after the next guy next guy kind of taken plot Mm -hmm. or is he going to infiltrate the squid game itself but then you've kind of got what's what's happening there is you kind of have a 
repetition of what was happening in the first season, right, mm. with the police officers. So I don't know if that'll necessarily bring anything new or interesting to the table. I feel like if they were doing a season two, they'd probably do some kind of plot following Gihon and then also a new Squid Game whereby you have new characters and stuff like that. But I also kind of feel like, can you actually do this again? Because like you're kind of going into Squid Game season two knowing that everyone actually will die and I don't know if it's going to have the same emotional impact because I feel Mm. like there's just going to be kind of a disconnection because like the whole idea of when you're watching Squid Game the first time you know and you find whichever character that you relate to or really like there's always going to be a part of you that hopes that they'll like somehow they'll get through it as you're watching it you truly truly believe that and hope that I just don't know if you could do that with a season too necessarily so that would be some of my thoughts and then like I said also what he was talking about was like maybe exploring what you call it the police officer and the brother's storyline as well and then like would the police officer be alive in that case I'm not really sure um so well, I just, yeah I'm, I'm convinced yeah. he must be because he wasn't shot in the head so in my opinion if you're not shot in the head you're never dead in these kind of things he was intentionally shot in the in the shoulder so i think he's alive yeah i just i, I don't know i kind of feel like it's kind of it's had its moment and i always find that you know it was attend, intended as a mini series you know it was intended as kind of just being its own little thing and i'm not sure if mm. i don't know it might kind of let itself down if we if if we go for it again oh and actually sorry now that i think of it another aspect that he did say was going into the background of that recruiter character so the guy that kind of gives gihun the card and everything like that but i don't really care about him so i just don't i personally don't see how it's going to work but the thing is at the end of the day like it's 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 netflix and if it's going to make money they probably will look at another season so I'm just feeling a bit cynical about it. I, I think I agree with you. I think it's a it's a one and done sort of concept, isn't it? Really, because there's no sense of discovery next time. However, you do it, it's not going to be the same kind of thing. We kind of we know too much now about what it's all about. Um, I mean, they could do like a tournament of champions kind of thing, couldn't they? Where you get uh, the winners of the past ten games or something, or, or all the games that have ever happened, maybe come back and for a kind of high stakes be, bet yeah. with the money that they, that they won or something. That would include the front man then. Because the front man was one of the winners. That yeah. was one of the things. So that could be one of the winners. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Maybe maybe do that. Because then, then at least then all the people inside the game would be on the same page as the audience. Because they'd, they'd all know what the squid game is. We all know. So there's none of that awkwardness where the characters are like behind us as the audience. And we're just waiting for them to catch up with things, you know. So that's one way around it, I suppose. But um, I don't know. Don't know. Have to wait and see. But uh, if there is a season two, I, I will watch it. <laughs> um but uh, but I, I don't expect it to be as good as this one. I think um, I think this is it's a it's a kind of concept that um, only works the once really. But yeah, so um, I think that's about everything I'd, I'd want to say and and to cover with the with the series. Anything else that you wanted to mention? Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, just I did. I, definitely, it's not without its flaws, but I think that it is. Yeah, it's a great show, and I think that it's deserved all the acclaim that it's gotten. And I'm really glad that so many people have watched, and I hope that people kind of continue to watch it and everything. Um, I know that just the last kind of topic I was thinking that'd be kind of maybe interesting to have like a minute or so on is just um, there's been kind of a fear and I suppose this is always going to be the issue with kind of violence in TV series and um, 
and 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 film and other types of media there is kind of a fear that this could spawn mimicry and should we be showing this much violence on television you know like we were saying at the start um of the pod that some people were completely turned off by it and they did just switch off the screen in the end but i suppose there's that fear and then particularly surrounding the kind of concept of this show is about you know these people playing a children's game so about like it inciting children's curiosity on that basis so I suppose I was just um wondering a bit how you feel about that because I think it's quite complicated when it comes to entertainment you know I've got um some nieces and and uh, I think they're aware of Squid Game which is quite worrying because they're only like uh, eight to ten yeah um and uh, I think what's happening what I've been told anyway is um I think uh, kids are on TikTok and there's lots of kind of out of context clips that have been captured by kids with their phones kind of capturing uh, the television screens of Netflix, you know, so they're kind of getting clips. Uh, but from what I, what I understand is they don't, they don't kind of understand what the concept of the show really is beyond, oh, it's like kids games, but people die. And they're kind of like, you know, that's like a strange thing for kids to hear about. So um, I can, I can remember being like 10. And, you know, if you told me there was a TV show where you play, tig or kiss chase or something you know but there's a an element of death involved and there's clips of this on on your phone to watch i'd I'd, uh it's the kind of thing i could see why it kind of appeals to kids but apparently they just don't they don't have the context about what's going on so they just get these kind of kind of strange clips of people falling off bridges and uh all that kind of stuff and being shot in the head if they don't play marbles properly (laughs) this kind of thing so that's what i've kind of heard but it's a little bit worrying yeah um but I can kind of understand why it's happened because um, unfortunately in this day and age with the internet, kids can kind of easily find that kind of thing. And this is definitely a, a topic that would interest them being related to playground games, essentially. So uh, that's about all we have time for. Um, is there anything you want to plug before you leave? Um, not really. I suppose you'll find you'll find me over on entertainment.ie um, and on Twitter, I'm at Deirdre Malumbis. That's D-E-I-R-D-R-E-M-O-L-U-M-B-Y. Um, but nothing in particular coming up just you know last couple of months of 2021 I'm excited to see all the you know kind of um, TV and movie offerings between now and the end of the year and into 2022 so it's all very exciting good stuff well yeah thanks for joining us for another episode Uh, remember we're part of the we made this podcast network so please subscribe to scheduled programming and drop us a rating and review wherever you're listening from if you want to help the network financially more directly please consider supporting us as well on patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash we made this uh, and you can also enjoy some bonus episodes there um, squid game isn't all we're discussing on scheduled programming so we'll leave you with a taste of what you might have missed on the network in just a moment and we'll be back to schedule more programming very soon so until then do not adjust your set elsewhere on we made this the tardis crew but the 11th hour is just something about the way he comes in immediately and just steals everything away from Tennant, fish fingers and custard and boom. And yes. then you get that ending scene where he's walking through the hologram images and he deserves that at this point. Absolutely. I think the 11th Doctor is a masterclass in introducing the new Doctor. I don't think any story has ever really topped top that for introductions. The Giddy Carousel of Pop. I went to the San Remo Pop Festival on a plane. That's a smash hits memory for you. On a plane with Frankie Goes to Hollywood. We had Frankie, all the Spandau Ballet, all the Duran Duran, Sade, Chaka Khan, Bronsky Beat, and Talk Talk. 
all on the same aircraft. I remember thinking, if this if this old barge goes down, then A, what's the insurance? And B, you know, the Cocteau twins will probably have a hit next week because sort of, the whole thing will be cleared out. Right in the childhood. It's a documentary. Oh, get in the bin. So this was... Oh, okay, right, we talked about precious, but documentaries, maybe that is the... Uh. So it was a Halloween thing where they had a lot of very famous TV presenters from the time mm-hmm. presenting from the most haunted house in Britain. And, yeah, this... Uh, it was massively controversial at the time, and it was either you thought it was amazing yeah. and, you know, it was critically like well started. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This podcast network.